Welcome back after a little hiatus to the Faith Awakens podcast with me, your friendly university chaplain, Father Tom Hennon, and joined, as always, by my co-host, Megan Grady, a friendly PCM, I guess I can say. Yeah, you're a campus uh, minister. Uh, now I have an actual title instead of just student, so that's exciting. Well, you're still but, a student. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, okay. And don't forget Future Teacher of America. Yes, okay, that is that. I really should use that first. That's yeah. probably most. Don't sell yourself right short. Now. Yeah, right. Exactly. Anyway, mm-hmm. how's it going? Going well. It's been uh, it's been two weeks since we recorded the podcast, so it's really good to be back. And uh, I know you had a lot going on. I had a lot going on. And so we got plenty to kind of catch up on and talk about a little bit. So um, maybe let's start with, um, yeah, what you've been doing these last two weeks. Anything exciting? Wow, Yes. I mean, I wouldn't call it exciting. I call it more um, nerve-wracking. Um, I did take part one of two tests that I have to take um, to become that future teacher of America. Um, and I took it. It's like one of those standardized kind of, not, I wouldn't say standardized, just like one of those tests where um, you have to go to like a testing center to take. Um, but I took it in my, I took it in my own house. Yeah. Uh, so that was weird Mm. um i took it with a proctoring system they had through the Mm. company so it's called the practice two um so that went okay um it was it was just a lot it was two hours um and i took up the whole two hours because i'm kind of a slower test taker Um, i think i would rather take something like that at a testing center than in my own home yeah me too i could get my head in the game a little bit better that way but yeah it was yeah and it was you had to keep in frame the whole time. So it got super hot in my room where I was taking the toast and it was, I was just baking in there. Well, that's interesting. I don't know how you could, yeah, that makes sense though. So that you're not like slipping out to, uh, Oh, just uh, need to go uh, take care of my cat over here while you're looking up answers to some question. Yeah. Exactly. I was worried my dog was going to come in and mess that up, but nope, it went, it went okay. We'll see. I have to wait for the results a couple weeks. So, um, and then, uh, my family did take a very, uh, cautious, socially distanced trip to Galena, um, which I am happy to report that, um, the place we stayed in was heavily like sanitized. It was mm-hmm. amazing. They set out like, I bet there was 10 bottles of hand sanitizer, at least one in, or two in every room it was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. and we we're we were very careful about that. And then I am uh, happy to report again that they, everyone that we saw were wearing their masks um, in stores and walking around too. So it was That's good. very nice. Um, yeah. Cause I've been some most, places around here where it's like nothing ever happened. And like, folks, come on. So, yeah, so it was nice, but we mostly uh, just stayed. It was just nice to just get away and I could run yeah. in a place that was not, um, Amboy, which is very yeah. small. Um, but speaking of running, one more thing that happened to me uh, in uh-huh. these within these two weeks, I uh, got an infected blister on my toe, and I won't go into it. But I just want to say that even if your blister doesn't hurt, this is the second year in a row I've gotten it in the summer. Even if your blister doesn't hurt, if it is red and it is uh, warm to the touch, you probably should get it checked out sooner rather than later. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> So I just ran for the first time in, I think, two-ish days, 
uh, which was hard because I did two hours, two hours and 10 minutes on the bike yesterday. And that was enough for me to be like, okay, never again. (laughs) Uh, um, Um, Let me just say, I don't think I run enough to get blisters on my feet. So, um, Good news yeah, for me. It's not a matter of it's not a matter of mileage. I think it's just because I I sweat more than the average uh, human, so my feet are just drenched by the end, and I just didn't. I was just lazy and didn't take care of them. So you need some better socks. PSA, I right that exactly. wick the wick the moisture away. Exactly. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's me. How okay. how have you been doing? Uh, okay, so my big uh, thing the last couple of weeks, and part of the reason we were off, frankly, in addition to your little uh, family vacation, was um, I started my doctoral classes. It sounds so fancy, um, but it's not really that fancy. But um, So I started those classes at University of St. Mary the Lake Mundelein Seminary um, last week and the week prior to that. And it was in person because there's only seven of us in the cohort and they could have us kind of spread out each at our own table. That was our table for the both of the two weeks and um, even eating our meals at those tables. So they did a really good job of being attentive to all of those needs and concerns. And, and I felt very safe and, and it was it was very good. But I was really grateful to be in person. In a way, it felt like it was like a preview of maybe what you're going to experience when you get back to school here, where you're having to be spread out more in the classroom and, and those kind of things. So um, it was a good taste of that. Um, but again, really grateful that it could be done in person as opposed to just online, because this program is already going to be, you know, half online. It's only really three weeks uh, of a year um, for two years that have this in-person kind of intensive component and the other classes in between are done online. So it's it's already a hybrid model. So I was grateful for the in-person uh, time that we could have. Um, and it was great. Um, learned a lot. Very good. Definitely, you know, was a reminder to me of how important it is to try to be what we call a lifelong learner because you don't you don't just expose yourself to ideas by yourself randomly usually maybe the truly interiorly motivated person does that but most people like i i mean i part of the reason i wanted to do this is kind of keep that blade sharp and i knew it would kind of push me in the back to do that so there was a ton of reading that i had to do some little papers along the way got a big paper coming up that's due in the middle of august here that i need to get cranking on um so but without that you know i I mean, I don't think I would have totally wasted my time, but I, okay, I would have wasted a lot of my time. (laughs) So it is good to have uh, that, you know, kind of formal educational environment and goal to keep yourself um, motivated and moving toward things that will be useful. And this whole course is based on, is is really on pastoral leadership. So um, it it fit well with what I'm doing and I, I enjoyed it, but it was a little bit like drinking from the fire hose, you know, after the two weeks, just a lot of information coming at you very quickly. I mean, we had class every morning, afternoon and night for five days, um, for two weeks, you know, so it was a lot, um, but it was good. So that was a big thing. And then the most exciting thing I think uh, I would have to report is uh, yesterday we had our first Sunday Mass in the chapel since March 1st. And it was, uh, yeah, it was awesome. And it was uh, just a kind of, it was still kind of a private Mass just for those students that were in the process of coming into the church. So we had one who was baptized, 
uh, one who was already baptized but was making her profession of faith and then being confirmed and received into the church, and then a student that had already been baptized in the Catholic Church but never completed his confirmation. So we kind of had one of each student uh, in, in those different situations, and we were able to finally do that Mass with them yesterday. And, of course, it was simple and very kind of intimate, and just their families were there, basically, and their sponsors, and we couldn't have singing and those kind of things. But it was really beautiful, and it really felt good to be back in the chapel for a Mass that was more than just me and Tammy and Lauren and a camera. Um, so it was it was really heartwarming, honestly. It was, it was beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I saw the pictures. They're on. Um, if anyone wants to see pictures from that mass, they're on the campus ministry Facebook. Okay. Um, so yeah, I know Tammy was showing me those and was yeah getting those out there. So that was good. Uh, gosh, anything else happening big for me? No, that's been like my last two weeks. Been uh, eating, breathing, sleeping. A lot of literature that has to do with um, leadership and stuff that I might not normally have read. So that was good. Awesome. Yeah. So both of us have had this kind of project, if you will, um, of yeah, watching um, Anne with an E on Netflix. And you had recommended it to me, I think, a couple of podcasts ago. And yeah. I started it. And the first thing I have to say is um, thank you for um, for not warning me that I should not watch the pilot until I can also watch episode two, because the pilot, this is not really a spoiler, but anybody who's interested in watching this series, make sure you budget enough time for the hour and a half pilot and episode two when you watch this, because if you get to the end of the pilot, you will be, you, you can't not watch the next episode. So make sure you have um, made enough time for that, because it will, you know, kind of tear your guts out otherwise. Um, but so, uh, yeah. and then there were several other times. There's only three seasons, and I don't know what ten episodes, twelve episodes, something like that per season. Yeah. There were a couple of times, as you had mentioned, that uh, you kind of got sucked in and you had to watch the next episode. But that 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 first episode, episode one into episode two, um, especially. And then again, without too much of a spoiler here, I would recommend the same thing for season three, episodes nine and ten, which are the last two episodes of the third and final, sadly, season. If you watch episode nine, it will tear your guts out. So you have to watch yeah. episode four. Oh my gosh! Or episode I ten, can, rather. Yeah. I I apologize for not warning you about that, but I'm so glad. I wasn't sure if you would be as impulsive as I was when watching these, because my mom and I would like set aside time. And usually it would only be, we would only have time realistically for one episode. And we just said, my mom mostly said at the beginning, she's like, okay, one episode, we're only watching one. And then we finish it. And we're like, and I look over at her and I just feel like I, we have to, we have to. And so near the end, um, when we were watching it near the end, um, I wouldn't even have to say anything. I would just look at her and um, click uh, next episode because it has to be, but yeah. Um, without giving too much away, um, but if you don't want anything spoiled for you, you should probably stop listening now and go watch it and then uh, mm-hmm. keep listening to this because this will be good uh, commentary. But everything in the show made me so happy. It Just all the characters made me so happy. Um, Anne reminds me of a lot of people that I know combined. Um I also one of whom I saw today, by a matter of as a matter of fact. So, our good oh, friend okay. Keely, she was at mass today. We had yes. a good mass. So, yep, 
Yeah, Keely and I told Noble. her that. I actually told her that. So, yeah. Keely Noblo, if you're listening, you are Anne with an E. You are Anne of Green Gables. That is you. I I am I'm In the most highly complimentary way, by the way, because yes. the character yes. can come off in the first few episodes, especially as kind of annoying. And I'm not saying that Keely's annoying in any way, but she's just no. so kind of, um, you know, uh, oh, ebullient is the word, maybe. Um, you know, yes. just kind of bubbling with excitement and energy. And yeah, so it's it's a compliment for sure. No, I agree. And when I texted her, because I had texted her that, I said, you are Anne of Green Gables in all the good ways. Because I didn't want her to be like, oh, my gosh, that is not me. Yeah. I would never do whatever. But, um, yeah, I I love it all. I, Gilbert uh, is Anne's, like, I guess, love interest in the end. But um, is so cute. And I was talking to Father Tom, and I was like, Father Tom, isn't Gilbert so cute? And he didn't really answer. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you don't have to answer that. But... <laughs> He's just so adorable. Um, I like a good romance yeah. story. I was glad to see them get to to get yeah. well. You know, the spoiler again. They do. You know, well, okay. You know, you know how these things go. They're not going to end yeah. it like Romeo and Juliet. So um, they they do find find each other. So yeah, it is it's so really good. good. But um, but what else did you no, like you about it though? I know you were talking about um, kind of just the 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 way it depicted that time period. Yeah, um, I really appreciated it because I think a lot of the times, because Anne of Green Gables is is, is a book, um, sadly I've not read and it. And for those so, who don't um, know, it's kind of set late 1800s. This particular series, actually, I think I was reading up on it, and it may have been set a little bit later than the books were, because it kind of leads you right up to, I think, you know, they're looking at 1900, so right around the turn of the century, like 1899, 1890, yeah. certainly. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and I appreciated that they really didn't sugarcoat um, that time period um, because I see a lot of things um, either that are set in that era or just um, in any era, really, and they just kind of forget all the gross parts. Yeah. It's just everybody – like, it's like if she were to go into the barn and, like, start working in the barn, she would come out and she would just be as clean as she was before she went into the barn. But in this one, she really – it's just – gets yeah. down into like the nitty gritty. There's a part where she's, Anna's very smart. And um, there's a part where she's helping um, to, uh, her friend's sister uh, who had gotten like really deathly ill and just helping her and her sister's just puking and uh, mm-hmm. is pretty gross, but like they didn't have, you know, um, you know, it wasn't all clean. It yeah. wasn't all banking uh, new and clean and yeah. everything. So, um, that's, I just really enjoyed, uh, that the realistic, yeah, I, that was very, they did it well. I mean, I'm sure they did better than most shows that showing kind of the, yeah, like the real kind of gritty side of, of that era. Um, and of course still sanitized, I'm sure compared to what it really was in a lot of circumstances, I think, especially in the summer months, like right now of like heat and not having air conditioning and, you know, yeah. Oh boy. So, and they're wearing you know, the women are wearing corsets and full-length dresses, and and uh, men are wearing three-piece suits and hats and and all of this kind of stuff. That's just like wow. Um, one of the things uh, related to that that I appreciated about the show was the fact that um, I was thinking about it and kind of comparing, uh, you know, my growing up even compared to your growing up, probably. In a, in a way, my growing up was 
closer to what you saw depicted in that show than what you had in the sense that we didn't have, I didn't grow up with a cell phone in my hand, you know, Mm -hmm. practically. Uh, I had a more or less analog childhood. And so there were things in the show like Anne's little fort out in the woods that spoke to me big time because I had a little, you know, my buddies and I would build a fort out in the woods. That's what, you know, what we did, you know. And so there was, and then it kind of dawned on me too. And this is, this is because I'm the youngest of a large family. My father is the oldest of a very large family. His father, my grandfather was in the middle of a very large family, but my paternal grandfather, my paternal grandfather was born in the year that this show ends, (laughs) which is crazy. He was born in 1899. Um, and so I'm thinking, wow, he was born into that world, you know, with, with all of those things. And then when you put it in terms like that, it's like, that's not that long ago. It's not that long ago. How much changed in such a short period of time, really, since World War II and even more, I'd say, in the last 20, 30 years with the Internet and um, cell phones and all of these kind of communication technologies. So, Yeah. Because how many times in the show, any any of those shows that are set in those past areas, you're thinking, oh, boy, boy this would have been a lot easier if they had a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. And they could oh just like, gosh. hey, where are you? <laughs> if you watch it, if anyone out there that's listening watches it, it you'll, you'll think about what Father Tom just said, that they need a cell phone because they need a cell phone or a better – honestly, they just need to be better at communicating because they're not really. But, um, but yeah, it's – it's intense. And yeah. you wouldn't think, when I think of Anne of Green Gables, granted, I have never read um, the original book. I think I read, like, a very, like, very dumbed-down version of, like, in a kid's version, but um, where, you know, everything's kind of uh, mm-hmm. simplified. But um, I think of, like, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, my gosh, I just forgot what I was going to say. Um I can't even remember. Well, we'll come back. Um, to it. It'll come back to you. Yeah, it'll come. It'll come. The show but, obviously does, and we were kind of talking about this before we started recording the podcast this afternoon. Um, you know, it's it's a show that is produced now that's looking back at an era 100 years ago and making some social commentary in, I think, very kind of good and provocative ways, you know, especially in regard to race and in regard to sexuality and, and some of those things. And so, um, you know, it, it definitely intentionally goes there and explores those issues in depth and shows you also the, the ugly side of, of, you know, how people were treated in that era and things like that. Um, I suppose people could watch it and say, ah, there's a social agenda here. See, they're doing this. And, and yeah, I kind of picked up a little bit on that too. Like I said, in some ways with those historical shows like that, I prefer a little more subtlety. Like I'm okay with like the suggestion that a character may, for example, one of the characters is uh, is lesbian, you know, and and sometimes uh, at points with that storyline, it felt too much like it was being really kind of pushed in your face, you know, like see how this was back then, and and okay, and I and maybe that's my maybe that's a re- reflection of my unwillingness to kind of grapple with that, you know, issue in the modern context, but still, you know, I I, I guess I think maybe a more subtle approach would have actually maybe done more good in a sense of calling to mind those issues. But, but, you know, um, I thought it was by and large 
well done through and through. Um, I, I definitely got sucked into it. I felt like, um, in some ways, they felt, and again, this is probably more of a, a very kind of um, revealing statement about myself, but I felt like it was kind of a guilty pleasure in the sense that, like, um, this maybe unhealthy sense of masculinity says, oh, I can't watch Anne with any about Anne of Green Gables. That's not something that I would, would watch, you know. And I was sucked into it like a 13-year-old schoolgirl, I'll tell you that much. So um, it was, it it caught, yeah, it captured, captured things well, and, and it drew me in emotionally and otherwise, and I enjoyed the show, I have to say. Yeah, but, no, I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely appreciated their portrayals of, um, just love stories across the board, um, whether it's between mm-hmm. uh, two women or, you know, a, bo- a boy and a young girl. And uh, even the um, the uh, relationship between brother and sister, um, I think it did a really good job at um, portraying those as real, concrete relationships. Yeah, um, yeah. And I thought it was, it was very beautiful. But, it definitely, yeah, definitely leaves a lot hanging at the end of that season, though, still, oh. too, like... Because I want to know, um, will the the teacher and Bash end up together? I don't know. You know, uh, will Cockwet get rescued from this awful school? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I don't know if people probably don't know this. I hate to break it to you on air, but um, it is canceled at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and with the E, so if you get to the end and you're like, I want more, well, that might not. <laughs> be true and i've already cried about it so and fortunately um, they do wrap the last episode wraps things up with the boat nicely yes. which in a lot of shows i would not like i would be like oh that was just too neat but i was so grateful they did because yeah the episode prior to that left everything unraveled um so yeah mm-hmm. yes good. uh they do do a good job and if there isn't one, I will be I will be somewhat satisfied with the ending. But if there, I really want more because it's really it really set up a good uh, next season. So there is a petition going around. Um, so sign the petition, go, go find it, have your friends sign it, even if they haven't watched it, which they should. But I have to say that's been about the only thing I've watched uh, kind of with any regularity in the last couple of weeks because I've been pretty busy. But the other show I would just throw a throw a mention in. Um, it's a kid's show again, but um, certainly wholesome entertainment and really well written. And Dave Filoni, the same guy that's behind The Mandalorian and um, uh, Star Wars uh, Rebels and Star Wars uh, Clone Wars, Dave Filoni, uh, he's he's behind it too. And that is um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, which is also on Netflix. Avatar: The Last Airbender. And again, it's a kid's show, and but it's it's fluffy. The episodes are 20 minutes long, basically, um, but the writing is really good, and it's definitely written so that kids can enjoy it and their parents can enjoy it too. And I'm not talking in terms of like innuendo or, but it's just, it's well written. It's funny. I mean, it's authentically funny um, so that people from all ages can enjoy it. So if there are any of our listeners that are looking for something for their children to watch or for their family to watch or their little brothers and sisters to watch, I can, I can recommend that too. Yeah, I um I do want to insert. I have watched Hamilton uh, about five times now. It's on Disney Plus. Um, I I have to say it is my favorite musical of all time, and that is something big because I'm very obsessed with musicals, like unhealthily obsessed with musicals. Um, uh, it is just I cry every time. Um, but it's good. It's it's important 
to note that um, these people portrayed in this musical um, are were real people, mm-hmm. and a lot of their um, uh, a lot of them aren't portrayed as kind of who they actually were. It is it does they do take a lot of liberties. Um, in the musical. So it's important to not hold uh, them up to a a higher pedestal. Mm -hmm. It's not, I don't know, I'm not making sense, but it's important to know that these were real people and that the musical does not reflect the Mm -hmm. whole person that they actually were. So it's important to note that when approaching it um, in that light, but it is a very good show. Uh, The music is beautiful. Um, The actors are just phenomenal i've never watched a stage show that's been filmed uh that had has had this um you feel like you're inserted into the show um and it's more than just uh, a theater experience obviously going to the theater is amazing too but um yeah. i just wanted to plug that because the- yeah, i definitely heard good reviews of the way that they did the way that they did this, you know, so that you, it was immersive, like you say, and that's, uh, I have not actually seen the show ever. I do want to get around to it on Disney plus. Um, but the, um, I know it was two years ago when I was bringing a group down to Mississippi for a spring break service trip. I ba- I basically, I heard the entire musical at least twice yeah. because, um, we were playing it on the way down and I think on the way back and I could have at any point, like turned the volume all the way down to zero and it wouldn't have mattered. Everybody in the car, all these students in the car who had seen the musical and listened over and over again to the music could sing the entire musical from memory. Yeah. Um, it was it was kind of scary, honestly. Um. Yeah, it, it, it is. And I do, um, I do sing when I'm in the car. I have been putting it on, and I can do all – there's a – there's a song, there's a couple songs in there where there's like multiple people singing almost at the same time. And I do all the voices and I'm out of breath. Like It is embarrassing to pull up next to me at a stoplight. Cause I'm just like, you know, while all while paying attention to driving, but also like intensely singing with emotion. Um, oh so, my anyway. goodness. I can totally see you doing that. That's funny. Yeah. But your point about the characters and how they're portrayed and, you know, and, and I mean, it raises another issue that's been certainly something we've been uh, examining in the last few weeks, too. And that is, you know, how do we address aspects of our history, particularly as a country uh, that are uh, a little grim, more than a little grim, um, in a way that is honest, um, in a way that doesn't kind of either... Um, candy coat or whitewash, but at the same time, yeah. kind of obliterate all memory of, you know, um, for the sake of needing to learn in the future. And I think, you know, one of the things that's really come to me in the last few weeks um, has been that any in-depth look at any human person, um, apart from maybe Jesus Christ <laughs> and his mother, <laughs> is going to reveal uh, dirt, you know, um, and, and it's going to make it clear that we are very imperfect. Um, and, and somehow we have to figure out how to celebrate, um, the good that is kind of still kind of wrapped in that somehow, you know, or I think of, you know, even, even the declaration of independence, which as a document, as it stands, the words themselves are good and true. 
even though Thomas Jefferson, a slave owner, is writing these things and not really fully meaning what he even himself wrote when he said that all men are created equal, you know. Um, that's mm-hmm. another thing, too. Coming up here in August, we're coming up on the 100th anniversary of, of uh, the women's vote. And I'm always careful not to say the women's right to vote was given. To them. No, it wasn't given to them. They had the right, and it was recognized finally um, it, uh, 100 years ago. But, you know, there's, there's, that wasn't foreseen by, by the, the, the founding fathers of this, of this country. And yet the, the ideal that they penned could be bigger than they were. Um, and they're, you know, that's, that's kind of heartening to me to know that we might live out imperfectly, um, what we even kind of have set out to do from the beginning. And another reminder of that for me this week was I rewatched the, um, reread or, uh, and rewatched partially on online, the, the, I have a dream speech from Martin Luther King, cause it was actually fed into some of the classes I was taking and boy, is that good. Um, and there's some things he says in that, that, um, you know, I say it's that that certainly apply today, which is kind of a sad statement that they still have to apply today. But um, it's there's an example, though, I think, of someone who he evoked, he used even the way he began the, the major section that people remember the I have a dream section by saying five score a year ago that immediately evokes the Gettysburg Address. And then he references directly the Emancipation Proclamation. And then, so he's like he's sweeping up all of this history, imperfect as it is, and using it to build upon and saying, this is where we need to go. I have a dream, and this is what it looks like. You know, So when you watch Hamilton or any of these kind of things, or even and with an E, and you see you know, the, the historic kind of triumphs and failures, I think good to take account of all of that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's good to have, I think, a, what's missing from a lot of history uh, curriculums in school, um, especially when learning about uh, the peop- the men that built, you know, and women and everyone that built our country. Um, it's important to have historical context. And um, it's important to learn about the good and the bad. I feel like sometimes when we uh, when we're growing up and we're learning about these people, we, we say, okay, well, this was, uh, them and here's all the good stuff, but we're going to hide all the bad stuff. Um, and now as I'm older, I'm realizing and I'm reading and I'm thinking more about who these people were and they weren't, um, the people that I learned about in school. They were, they were complex and, um, sometimes terrible people. So it's just, it's interesting. Um, and I hope to do better uh, as a future history teacher. I hope to tell the tell about the whole person and not just, um, you know, what we want to hear, or what we want to learn or teach. So, yeah, one so, of the books I have my... on my shelf that I want yeah. to get to, which I probably won't now that I'm taking all these classes, but um, is a book called An Indigenous People's History of the United States. Um I've heard of that, yeah. Roxanne Dunbar Ortiz, and uh, be really curious about that because that's been something that's been striking me a lot in the last couple of weeks too. Is um, not only the race issue in terms of African Americans, um, but in terms of uh, you know indigenous peoples here. I mean, this at a certain point you look at our our country and and you think, oh my, this was. I mean, it was. We stole land from people. Period. Yeah. We yeah. we sold them a bill of goods and drove them off land that they had been on for many, many centuries in some cases. And how do we reconcile that 
um, without just like picking up camp and saying, okay, well, <laughs> I mean, I, it's, it's a hard thing to wrestle with. You know, how, how do you begin to make, well, and the, the issue of reparation and all of that too comes into it. So there's a lot that all of this stirs up, but well, that's been kind of actually a nice weaving together for this episode of some very pop culture kind of stuff and some like um, hard-hitting real-world stuff that we're dealing with as a country right now. So, yeah. Yep. Good job. We 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 brought it back around. Sometimes we don't know where we're going, but we get there. Yeah, really. We did not know where we were going <laughs> before. <laughs> don't let them in on the secret, Meg, that we don't oh, have sorry. this intricately totally planned. Knew. Yeah, we had a map, mm-hmm. exactly. An atlas. We yep. had GPS. It was great. Yep. Um, but yeah, very good. Well, it's been good to catch up with you again, and uh, we'll we'll uh, keep them coming uh, as best we can week after week. I know I may have a week somewhere in there in August that I may be gone, but maybe there's a way we can still do that. But I think, uh, yeah, let's let's keep trucking. This is episode 18. This is a big deal, you know. Yeah. In just in just three episodes, we'll be turning 21. What do you know? Oh, can't wait! It'll be great. <laughs> All right, okay. I'll uh, I'll let you sign us off as as you always do. Uh, may the faith be with you and with your spirit. Have a great week, folks. Bye. Yeah.